It's the show, an A-plus airline show, man. For April 19th, 2023. How's it going? Oh, shit, it's almost 4.20. Fuck, man, that means I gotta go to the wheat shop uh, for free, free rolls and probably free pizza and the food that we got last year. That was pretty damn random because we didn't realize that it was a 4.20. We just went to pick up some items for other people. And then we got at this one of the joints uh, here in the southeast Michigan. They had like the DJ, hot dog booth, taco booth, taco truck, and a pizza stand. And then you just got food vouchers if you buy some weed materials. I don't smoke weed anymore because I got just lazy rolling paper, not having a smokable space, whatnot, with a 420 coming up. But anyways, I digress. We bought a bunch of edibles. And then last year, if you don't know, in the state of Colorado and state of Michigan, they had a surplus of a supply with the THC materials, ingredients, so that we bought a bunch on a huge discount. We have piles of all these, like, edibles just sitting around. <laughs> and they help, you know, with the relaxation and whatnot, just chill time a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And then I don't go so extreme anymore on these, like, weeds. I think the weeds are too strong these days. I think some of the old timers talking about this. Hey, we back in my day was like so whatever, but I'm just like whatever, man, whatever. I, I'm done it over with it. You know, it's time to get mature, you know. And then it's just like time to grow the fuck up. So you know, I'm just like <laughs> whatever. Uh, but anyways, last week was a uh, recorded show. I talked about Taylor Sheridan and all that. Bit of a follow up. I, I did not realize that this uh, Yellowstone situation with Kevin Costner and Taylor Sheridan is really going south. So I read a little more uh, Monday. Before the recording, which was, uh, oh, uh, Kevin Costner wants more money. I mean, we knew about that. But the problem also was, if, you don't, if you've been following Yellowstone, they're in a halftime hiatus sort of thing, where season five, they air the first eight episodes, and then they said they'll do the second half of it. And Kevin Costner said, look, I don't want to spend more than a week, because he has his own show that he wants to do, Western-based. Uh, and he had time to do it in January uh, for taping the the rest of the season five and Taylor Sheridan didn't have a script. It's like, I don't have it. (laughs) So nothing happened. And now like Kevin Costner is like, fuck man, I don't have time. I only got a week probably for scheduling booking wise. You know how these things go with the actors and actresses. They got like filming and all these things booked ahead. So they're like, I can't fucking do it. So uh, now that not only does he want more money, I guess Taylor Sheridan is overloaded with all these other projects that he's got with, like, Tulsa King and all these other things, and, like, I don't have fucking time. So, it's like, we've got to end the show, but I don't have a script. At least that's what he's saying to Kevin Costner in that party, and then to the world, to a point that they didn't show up to the fan festing a couple months ago, or last month, which I go, like, um, that's, that's fucking awkward. Like, two of them didn't want to see face-to-face, but also, like, abandoning the fans in the process. I go, that's not a good look, man. If one of them didn't show up, I'd be like, okay. But both don't show up. That's a, that's a bad look to begin with. But anyways, I, I think the Yellowstone is going to have a, as they say in the wrestling, the dusty finish, the fucking fuck finish. I said this for Game of Thrones also, which I predicted after, you know, catching through those, you know, seven seasons of it in, like, three weeks before season eight. I was like, dude, this is going to a fuck finish. Fuck finish, meaning this is, a, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's going to be the most dissatisfactory cop-out pussy-ass finish that you'll get. I think Yellowstone is heading towards that direction because I think Taylor Sheridan wanted to ha- According to everybody, only Taylor knows what's really happening with this show, and it's between Kevin and Taylor at this point. My assumption is that, look, 
uh, we only got this much time to film this. So then I go like, all right, one week of Kevin's time. And he wants all this fucking money. So he's trying to come up with a fucking finish. It's like booking for a wrestling show. And I'm like, how the fuck do I give a satisfactory finish if you're just going to give me a five-minute match to make it happen for what you accomplished over the last, I don't know, six six years of this, right? Like, you want to pay off a six-year storyline in a five-minute match? What the fuck, right? So I understand uh, his side, but I also understand Kevin Costner's side. He's like, he's a Hulk Hogan of this, brother. You know, it's just like, oh, I made this franchise go. I kicked off your fucking career, you know, after your, you know, whatever, simplistic character, simplistic storyline with the very, very heroic characters that are playing bad people. So have at it. Have at it, Taylor. You got one week. I got one week to film this shit. So I, I, I this is very fascinating outside of, you know, from the outside filming perspective, the drama of it. Um... I, w- I received the one article over the weekend, uh, but I'm going to save that for the next episode because uh, I haven't had time to read it. I just got back from Jamaica, which was great. i never been to a Caribbean in my life. Uh, and then uh, shout out to our friends, uh, Jay and Joni, for their wedding. It was a wonderful wedding, uh, you know, despite the weather and all that, which I didn't know that, like, in the Caribbean, like, hey, man, in the evening it rains. I was like, all right, that's cool. You know, I got a really good tanning session in, blah, blah, blah. You know, I I just go. I'm now in a peeling stage. Is this a TMI? Well, who gives a shit at this point? You know, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Um. So, anyways, that's happening. I I really enjoyed my time at the beach. I'm a beach bum, I guess. It's like I don't like just sitting on the sand. I like actually swimming in the water because I enjoy swimming. You know, I'm a, and then I actually like you know saw a bunch of fishies and then um I almost stepped on a stingray, the ray, one of the big kited looking ones. It's like the one that I saw in the Tampa Bay, the Tropicana field, but inside of a little aquarium that they got was like right below me that I didn't notice. There's like right by the seaweed and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I nearly stepped on it because I wanted to take a break. So I kind of like stopped from, you know, doing a free freestyle stroke. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And then I was just like thinking like, I don't want to end up like, what's his face? Uh, Steve Irwin. And then like, fuck, goes through my fucking chest with this motherfucker. Uh, but you know, I you know I like swimming. I like swimming. I like to swim. I like swimming in Hawaii too. I saw turtles that way without paying exorbitant amount of money for like scuba diving and shit. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but on the way back was quite interesting because uh, I I we stopped through Atlanta uh because there's no direct flight from Montego Bay uh to Detroit except for once a week. At least for the flights that I could find, it's like Sunday to Saturday kind of deal. So we flew directly down Sunday, but so I had to come back a little early because, uh, you know, that I, I don't think I can do a full week. Because, like, I need a good break to, like, rotate between, you know, between different resorts or something. That's what happened. I went to Hawaii for, like, a week and a half. And then I was in Maui, but, like, I didn't sleep in Maui. It was like, I just need to get around, you know. So, uh, and then on the way back, I took a different route because I got suckered in by the uh, budget airlines. Uh, in this case, Frontier. Well, the full disclosure, I've been a Sky Team member through Korean Air, you know, at this point, all my life. And then uh, Sky Team means Delta, KLM, Air France, you know, those guys, China, Air East or whatever. So I've been just mostly flying Delta. Uh, I don't fly Air Canada that much, if at all, because, like, there's no Air Canada or United that I like to fly to. I don't want to fly United, to be honest. Um, And Spirit, I've never flown Spirit, despite the price that they showed but frontier when i booked this trip i said you know what let's try it and then it showed 49 dollars for me and colleen and i was like holy fuck 49 dollars 
I knew there were fees involved, like, oh, for every little nooks and crannies of things. And Frontier, I flew it once or twice. Maybe it was a couple of times when I was in Colorado. And then I was like, I was fascinated by Frontier. I was like, oh, my God, this is the first plane that I've been on with a screen in 2010 or 2011. And then now every, screen, every plane has a screen. And now Frontier doesn't have a fucking screen. <laughs> I'm sure Spirit doesn't either. But, you know, and then added up, even adding up the fees and then we had a really heavy luggage. You know, I'll tell you the experience. We got, we got to the Atlanta airport because we took like one night, a couple nights, you know, just to like get our, you know, get the American group back a little bit, flying back from Montego Bay. And then uh, we got to the airport and then uh, I, I knew my luggage was heavy. So I, pay, I, I paid everything before coming to the thing. So I booked it through my Chase points. So like $49, whatever, that's whatever, $49 of worth of chase points, you know. And then hey, fees added up. I think it ended up being like $269, including $100, you know, being up to 99 pounds of a checked-in luggage. And then I think they charged extra for the carry-on, which had one of each. Uh, and then uh, we didn't pick a seat. So carry-on, initial check-in luggage, oh, and adding the weight limit increasing it that total ended up being about 269 dollars so i said perfect fantastic oh yeah it was 49 dollars a seat so it was a total that they showed including what chase points paid it ended up being 369 dollars for me and colleen and with a heavy luggage which ended up being you know 130 dollars at that point so 130 dollars of this was a checked in heavy luggage so at the end, if you take that out, it would be like we're looking at, what, $260 for two people? One way from Atlanta to Detroit. I was like, that's not bad at all. Because, <laughs> like, I think Delta was showing, like, uh, $180, $190, one way, uh, without including the checked-in luggage. And so I go, all right, fuck it. it, was, it was, we would probably save that $150. So we did. We did save money. I will say that. That said, when we got to the airport, the Hartsfield, which is like Delta headquarters, Delta hub, you know, everything is Delta. Uh, so Frontier, Alaska, or every, anyone else is like kind of like second class citizens at that point, which is a good and a bad thing. Because like it's good that it's just concentrated, narrow set of like, you know, check-in counters and whatnot. I got to the check-in counter and then the, the lady who took my luggage in, which I already prepaid for everything. I said it's a heavy whatever checked in luggage. She comp it was 65 pounds. I thought it was like 70 pounds. It was 75. It wasn't. It was 65. I was like, all right. It didn't feel as heavy, but definitely heavier than 50. Uh, although frontier limits at 40. So you have to pay either 40 to 55 or 55 to 99. So I just went 55 to 99, knowing how heavy this thing was going to be. So she complained that, like, look, why did you make this so heavy? It makes my job difficult. Maybe she was being facetious. But I was just like, lady, I pay for this shit. <laughs> and then Colleen said, hey, Delta doesn't complain about this. <laughs> we loaded up and up and we went. Now, we got there like plenty of times early because I have a TSA pre-check pre and then she doesn't. And then last time we were at the Hards Field, it was like cutting close and she gets anxious and I'm like, whatever. I'm one of those people that are like, look, I'll take it to the very last minute and I'll show up in the last half hour or something. I don't want to wait in my seat. I don't want to browse through the airport. Because I already did that staying 24 hours at the LAX one day, right? Like, I ain't doing this shit. We got through the security, everything, you know, 
Atlanta airport with a fishbone structure. It's great, but also very busy. Easier to navigate, but lots of people. And we got to our gate, and then, oh my god, once you pass all the Delta Connect in Terminal D of these people, and then I remember that 10 years ago, I took a flight from Terminal D from Atlanta to Seattle on a business trip because I remember seeing the Atlanta Braves restaurant that we ate, and they had a Tom Glavin or John Smoltz glove, and then like all the Atlanta Braves bats, and I go, I remember this. I took a picture here. Um, so oh, I reminisce a little bit from 10 years ago. And then, uh, but yeah, basically, when, once we got past the Deltas, all the spirit frontier in Alaska was shoved at the end of one end of this terminal. Well, it was like a horde of people just sitting around. Then I, holy fuck, this is what the Simpsons episode of the future, like flying looks like and then like it was that and then i was like the comment was like this is a greyhound of a fucking air it's like all these people the the budget airlines and i go like spirit was the loudest frontier didn't say anything and then by this point we keep getting this like oh flights delayed we want one to one gate one d1a and then they said oh uh we passed d1 which is just before d1a and d1 is like oh yeah uh this flight going to fort lauderdale uh, is delayed to 3.40. We were supposed to depart at 3.40 in the afternoon, and I saw this Fort Lauderdale flight leaving at 3.40, and I was just like, all right, are we all going to collide into each other when we back out of this thing? And then it turns out, it was like, well, Fort Lauderdale had a situation with the flood a couple days prior. So Fort Lauderdale and Newark, New Jersey, and JFK having heavy flood and storm just like kind of upended a lot of the you know plane schedule, it turns out, up and down the East Coast. And... They said, oh, Fort Lauderdale is going to go first, uh, and then we're going to fly Detroit out of here in D1. I was like, okay. It's a D1A. It still has a Detroit on there. Well, we're going to switch because there's a flight coming from Bahamas that's going to be now flying Detroit. So, And then they said, oh, yeah, it's going to be from D1A to D1, and then it went back. And I, I, we got three different emails over that say important information on your departure time and then the gate change. So it's changed between D1A, D1, D1A, D1, like three times over the course of an hour and a half. And nobody announced or broadcasted this shit, but we knew that the flight was delayed. So it went from 341 to 445 to 540, then back to 449. And then we just said, fuck it, we had three hours to kill. And then we, we just went to the, uh, Colleen and I went to the international terminal, which is a trick that I played at, when I was at LAX at the Bradley terminal, because that was a lot more things to do there. Try to get into the lounge, and they said, yeah, we're too full, so we'll let you know. Yeah, my flight got delayed, but it's still within three hours of departure, so I should be able to get in. Never, And then they wrote my name and the number down. Never got a text, but whatever. There are much, there are much better chairs in the Terminal F than there is in Terminal D with all those people, which was, it was getting ridiculously hot. You know, it's like waiting in the most ridiculous way possible. So I said, fuck it. Well, we were hanging out in the international terminal, then we came back, and then it was like, all right, it still says Detroit on 1DA. The email says D1 for the gate. And then I was just like, I should have maybe gone and asked, but we're look just looking for a chair to sit down first. And then they're like, they never changed the D1A gate, it's Detroit. And then there was a Denver in D1. And that Denver flight leaves at 540, and then the Detroit leaves at 445. And then we thought it was D1A because in the in the screen, they still had D1A as Detroit. Then the one person comes up, it was around 4.40 or something, or 4.30, and then they said, yeah, 15 minute. by the way, if you're waiting for Detroit flight, it's in D1, it's not here. And I go, what the fuck? 
And then we, me, Colleen, and a few of a few of the people quickly started going over to D1, which is right next to us. Which, but we couldn't hear any calling from the ticket and screening people. Like we only heard the Spirit Airlines behind us, you know. And then I was just like, "What the fuck?" And then we went over to D1 quickly, and then we got on the plane. And then we we're like, "Well, what what the hell happened?" It was like on the email it says D1, but then like no one announced at D1A that like although they still had Detroit on there. Like, this is a Denver flight. D1 is now Detroit again. Nobody said this. I was like, oh, you should have gotten your email. I was like, well, at least fucking announce it because there are a bunch of us flying to Detroit that sat here. Thankfully, we made it on a flight. But it was still quite empty because, like, Frontier has been pretty upfront uh, to say 15 minutes before departure, we closed the gate, blah, blah, blah. And we just made it. And we had this, like, adrenaline rush of, like, getting to our flight and we sat down and then it was like quite empty and whatnot i was like all right that wasn't we made it but what the fuck happened all of us who got in late on this flight is like what the fuck happened what the fuck happened <laughs> we made it and the plane was like maybe third empty so it made also it made us also wonder like um did some of the other people miss the flight because they didn't realize that they were in d1 not d1a and then it says d1a screen had detroit on it still and then the explainer became, okay, so we were going to take, Frontier said they were going to take the Bahamas flight that was coming in and leave at a later time, but instead we got an earlier flight from elsewhere so that we took this and decided to fly to Detroit. And I go, what the fuck? Yeah, it was the craziest thing ever. And we ended up getting in time, only an hour delay, because it was supposed to leave 3.41, and we left at 3, 4.50, and then we landed by like 6.30 or something, which wasn't so bad. But just like this rush of like, what the fuck happened? It was unbelievable. And then we were on row 14, which is like right behind, you know, the wing, the ex extra space. I think I heard Spirit be like, they're offering, all right, we'll give you the, you know, the better seating for 60 bucks a pop on the spot. But you need to speak, number one, speak English. Number two, be able to assist in case of emergency. I go, what the fuck? 60 bucks. And then Frontier, nobody took those seats. And then the good thing, I guess the good thing was, because we rushed on to get on a plane, our carry-on was supposed to be larger size than whatever, but, like, they didn't have time to check that shit. We were just, like, busy getting on a fucking flight. And they didn't even bother checking either. It was like, we are like... So it worked out. And then, actually, the Frontier seats were... They don't incline whatsoever. And then it's just a... Full plastic. It's not as cushiony as the seats that I remember from 2010. And then actually, they cut a lot of the cushion out to at least give an illusion of extra seats, or like space, to tug our stuff under and overhead bin, which was nice. I was just like, all right, there's a plenty of space on this flight, I think. So it didn't have screen. It didn't have USB charge. But I was like, whatever. We got on. They nickel and dime you for every little thing. But overall, considering that we probably saved about $150 and an hour delay, it wasn't so bad. But the communication and their shitty app and the shitty communication just made it an anxious experience to get on this. I certainly think it's better, it's better than Spirit, you know. Some people had, you know, and then we got to the DTW and I, because we, I only fly Delta, I always go to McNamara, I don't go to the North Terminal. So I wasn't familiar with this terminal forever. I don't think I ever flown out of the North Terminal. Uh, except for one. No, I never flew Air Canada from there because I flew Northwest in 2007. 
which was out of McNamara, you know, Northwest became Delta. Um, so we got to the terminal in Detroit, and then they said, hey, they just parked at whatever gate that was open all the way at the end in like D24, or like E24 or some sh- D24 or whatever. And we're like, they just took whatever spot. <laughs> what a ghetto-ass fucking gangster way to fucking park an airplane. And then I just go, and then we walked, and then we got off, and then we got our luggage. Although, when we got to the, the luggage pickup, they didn't even have Atlanta Frontier on there, other than, all right, we think we heard it was going to be Carousel 3. And it was, but nowhere on the screen when we got there, it had a Frontier Atlanta pl- flight. It only had a Spirit Atlanta flight. And I go, what the fuck is this ghetto-ass shit? And then I got my luggage, and we got out, and then we were only an hour delay, but it was just the adrenaline rush of, like, getting on a flight and then going home. And I was like, God, I can't pay attention with all the swarm of people along with just the sheer, like, pressure to do it. Now, is that worth $150? I mean, it depends on your budget, I guess. But I think this experience confirmed to me that never fly the budget airlines. It's not worth it. You know, if you add it up, the real difference is probably $100 $150. And then, yeah, if you're awfully, awfully on a budget, that $150 is going to make an immense difference in your, you know, oh, my God, it's could, it could be an extra night at a hotel or, you know, round trip, you know, for Uber, whatever. Absolutely. I understand. But fuck, man, just sheer, like, pressure and then just, like, them trying to juggle the logistics in real time, unlike Delta and others. I just go like, man, I don't know if they were worth it. That was a, it was a one-time experience I wanted to go through. But this, I think it's better, still better than uh, Spirit Airline because I heard Spirit behind us, the D1A gate. They were like, all right, basically, I'm just paraphrasing here, but like there were people flying from Atlanta to Miami. And obviously, because of the flooding situation in Florida, a lot of scrambling were happening on their end also to that like, all right, we're going to have back-to-back Miami flights. At the same gate. And basically all these people congregated in this tiny ass area. Along with the frontier people. And then everyone just started standing and lining up. And we're like what the fuck. There's nowhere to sit or nowhere to stand around here. What the fuck is this? And then like. They're like alright. Miami flight number one. You're going to board first. If you are. If your Miami flight is this number. Please sit down. Because you're not flying right now. I basically heard it as, sit your ass down, it's not your flight. <laughs> I heard, I got that spirit experience firsthand, and I just go like, and I heard a lot of memes about spirit, and then the frontier also while we're waiting on this. It's fantastic, but I just go like, what is the incentive to fly these airlines other than I just need to get there in an emergency? Because I heard past stories like, oh, it was only $49 to go to Austin from Detroit. If I don't show up, I don't fucking show, whatever. But I just go like, all right. <laughs> But, like, they nickel and dime you for everything. 20 bucks a pop for carry-on. And then it has to be a certain size only. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, okay, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there, 15 bucks here, 15 bucks there. $30 to select the seat. I don't want to fucking select the seat. I don't give a fuck. Like, sit me anywhere, you know? And it wasn't so bad. But I just, like, I would only fly the budget airline if I have infant, if I have tight financial budget but no time budget whatsoever. Otherwise, it makes absolutely no sense to fly them. If it's the only flight available, I don't trust them to leave on time and get at home time. I think we find out at the end that, like, this flight, Atlanta to Detroit for Frontier, uh, 
50% on time. I go, fucking great. 37% over 30 minute delay. I go, all right. But 0% canceled, which is the only like silver lining that we had. It was like, okay, we will not get canceled flying this. You know, so that was the only... That was the saving grace of it. And then our luggage made it too, which I found surprising. I was like, how'd you do decide what plane it's going to get on? You know, so it was cool, but it was such an... We gave us ourselves an ample time to get there and then spe spend an extra ample amount of time, you know, seeing that this plane got delayed given the logistics situation. Uh, and then as the time of this recording, the Southwest Airlines are like now grounded also for some reason. And Southwest had their disaster in the, you know, in the summer, or in the winter, rather, uh, because they have a point-to-point -point logistics, which means if it fails in a one point, then the plane won't get, like, get to the next place, so everybody else is delayed. It's a relay system, right? And then, yeah, Southwest pla uh, airline planes nationwide are, at, uh, are, oh, the FAA lifted the ground stop instruction Tuesday morning. Because there were technical issues. Oh, they had technical issues. So they resolved the issue and then the services have resumed. I don't even fly Southwest either because of the overbooking that I went through in 2011. So I never fly Southwest. I never fly United. I never fly Frontiers. Spirit, definitely not. I'm just going to stick to Delta. So you're on a financial budget, but an infinite time budget. Which, to me, doesn't make sense. Because, you know, but if that's, that's the, you know, ample time that you got, Go ahead at it. So that would be my only suggestion. Uh, but also to me, time is also money. Is that $150 saving 25-30% worth spending extra 30% of your time of the day? I don't know, man. You be the decider. So that would be the only suggestion I would have. But we got home safe. We got home okay. And then now I'm able to still record this, which is a fucking miracle in my eyes. But anyways, thanks for listening. We'll talk about this one article that we got from Kayla, uh, our friend Kayla, uh, next week. And then uh, have a great rest of the week. Happy 420. You know, be safe. Don't drive high. And dr uh, don't drive high, you know. So that's not a good thing either. And then uh, we'll see you next week.